Welcome to a Witch Game First side quest. This week, it's a designer update, where panelist Mike Grenier talks to board game developers about their works in progress. What's going on, everybody? This is Mikey G from Witch Game First, talking today to Eric Geller. Uh, what is the name of your company, Eric? Name of, uh, name of our company is Short Hop Games. Short Hop Games. I can see the cool little bunny logo over there. And uh, what game are you working on right now? So we are working on our debut game called Quests and Cannons. And uh, you're going for a self-publish on this one? Yes, we are. Nice. That's a treacherous but very interesting and fun road. Certainly um, is. Cool. Certainly is. <laughs> yeah, is it just you or do you have other people in the company? Um, so the company was founded uh, by uh, my wife and myself. And we, we have a pretty cool story around that. Oh, cool. Well, let's uh, You know what? Let's get right into it. We started the game... About a year ago in October, um, but the real inspiration for it came a year before that. Uh, I was working on a Dungeons and Dragons campaign around, you know, island exploration. I really wanted uh, the players to explore a real open world, go go from island to island, complete quests, that 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 kind of thing. Um, yeah, our host would love that. By the way, she's all about naval stuff. I just feel like you get this. A real sense of adventure and exploration when the, with, with the seafaring theme. Yeah, totally. I, I did a lot, a lot of work on a you know custom D and D campaign. Put together a mm-hmm. bunch of naval rules, massive amount of Ooh. world building. Um, probably to actually, my wife's I, disdain. <laughs> that is quite an undertaking. Actually, uh, Celeste uh, was involved in in creating her own like D and D naval rules too, and it is a lot of work. It's pretty daunting. Yeah, I did tables and all all sorts of you know different dice checks on navigating, and it, it's cool mm-hmm. though. I, I had a I had a pretty cool system. I bar- borrowed stuff from other places and modified some things here and there. Very cool. But what what turned out was that you know we we got a group together for maybe a session, and then timing just <laughs> didn't work work out. You know we yeah. had uh, all that work for nothing. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife was pregnant with our uh, first child, our, our only child oh. right now, um, and and well, <laughs> probably make it working on Dungeon Dragons campaign with our our first child on the way. Probably not the yeah. best timing. So that that Dungeons and Dragons campaign never really really happened. So fast forward to you know son's son's born, lots of sleep deprivation later, and in <laughs> you know near the end of October, a friend of mine came over, a uh, fantastic artist. He had a sketchbook with him, and mm-hmm. I asked to see some of his sketches, and they were like really like transport you to another world kind of kind of sketches you could really see yes. the level of detail and they just brought you somewhere else and i was like wow those would be that like that makes me really want to make a game <laughs> especially when you're dealing with this type of genre you know the kind of piracy thing you really need to engage the audience and the art is a great way to do certainly, that certainly certainly I was like, all right, I really want to make a game around this. Uh, and I, I don't know what happened next. It was probably a combination of, you know, that latent D&D campaign and lots of sleep deprivation. Um, yep. But it just kind of spilled out of me from there. Um, just like stream of consciousness came up with like all, all the core <laughs> You started <systems>. prototyping. And- <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like the, the timeline from that was, you know, it was end of October and then like beginning of November we had – this October you're talking not, about? Not this last, um, October 2018. But no, we, we had our first working prototype um, in in November of 2018. 
Uh, so it was still pretty quick. And we, we had, you know, all, all the core systems basically defined. I mean, the original one, since it was, it was I translated what I really wanted in, you know, the Dungeons and Dragons campaign had, it was, it was a bit of a bloated mess. Um, and that's <laughs> like, that's, that's really like the story with how we came up with the company and my, my wife's involvement in it and our relationship with with gaming in general and that's 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 kind of the whole whole thing with with the idea with our company so when you say it was bloated you're talking about the the campaign thing that you wrote um so so the original concepts for questing cannons we we had a crew system you had food you could Uh, forage on islands you had to feed your crew members (laughs) uh yeah you know fight sea monsters which are all really cool ideas but for like a base game and you know where we decided to go with our company it mm-hmm. it didn't make sense for where we were trying to market and we can always bring like some cool features into expansions which we yep. we plan on doing uh, but i'm probably jumping yeah, I mean, ahead a little bit <laughs> no that's okay i mean you should never throw away those mechanics and ideas you came up with you know keep them in your notebook stash by your bed so when you wake up in a fever dream you have some (laughs) basis to work with you know i've done this before myself i'm also a designer so you you end up getting like inspired and then you already have these cool mechanics that you worked out earlier right i have probably three expansions worth of mechanics that are just waiting in in the bay (laughs) just got to ease people into them you know like start off with a really solid base game and then build on top of that and from what I saw, it looks great. That, yeah, that's so. That's exactly what we're trying to do. So, um, mm-hmm. with with Short Hop Games, my wife was in, has been instrumental in in this process. So we had like a first working prototype going going pretty smoothly with development so far. Um, and a fun fact: our, our first prototyping material, since we had an abundance of it, was um, cardboard. <laughs> cardboard boxes from diaper boxes and k-cup boxes ah <laughs> uh, yes so that, those are life so that that's... is great <laughs> <laughs> diaper boxes I, I still have the old prototypes and on the back of them you can you know see see little babies and diapers and it, it's good stuff <laughs> i try to keep my old prototypes too because it's hilarious to look back like i have definitely made a pizza box one before <laughs> nice. and i had to stick paper over it so you couldn't see the like oil stains on it <laughs> oh that's amazing yeah no that's that's that that's where it is <laughs> yeah you're designing late and they're like wow i need some more materials and just flip that box over you've been eating out of <laughs> go for it so the big the big part where i think we really started to key in on on the design and development of the game was when my wife suggested that we change the art direction to have it appeal to a broader audience so we, we started off Smart. having more of like a like serious fantasy like almost almost gritty kind of fantasy setting oh, okay um and uh-huh. and she suggested that to appeal to uh, a wider audience that we we try something like more floofier <laughs> floofier okay <laughs> it's a technical term for floofier I was like, all right, maybe. So, what if we did some kind of characters around, like you know, a- animal type characters, like like Looney Tunes? Because L- Looney Tunes is, you know, obviously mm-hmm. very popular, appeals to a broad audience, and that's that's when she had right. this brilliant idea of co- combining Looney Tune animals with like your typical fantasy trope races, elves, dwarves, and orcs, and that's that's what really uh-huh. spawned the you know her, that was her idea for you know Dwarnies 
dwarf dwarf bunnies, duck owls, dells, oh. and, and pig <laughs> and pig orcs, porks, uh, porks, of course. <laughs> nice. Okay. That was our initial characters, and then you know from there, this the story for Short Hop Games. Uh, so at the beginning of our relationship, um, I got got her into playing Super Smash Brothers, is one one of my favorite video games. Okay, um, and and Classic, she's, she's yeah. played other fighting games like Mortal Kombat before. So she's but not so much Super Smash Brothers. And she comes mm-hmm. in thinking, oh, I'm just gonna you know come in mashing buttons and messing stuff up. And I'm like, no, 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 we, we uh-huh. got to you know teach her the fundamentals. So I had her practice uh-huh. short hopping for hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh right for smash brothers you're talking about so you don't like fall off the side of the yeah, world yeah, or so whatever, yeah right? so sh- short hop yeah. you know instead of doing a full jump you do a half jump half jump to trick people so yeah. it's, it's just you know fundamental of like moving around so that's where you got the name short hop huh from so that's 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 the inspiration and and it actually happens to work really well with that so 20 was the first one that shannon came up with and mm-hmm. dwarf bunnies are actually very very much the embodiment of short hop Mm-hmm. So that there's like a there's just like a double reference there with you know our, our history with our relationship as well as uh, I'm looking at the logo right now and I'm kind of seeing the dwarf and the bunny you have that helmet kind of shape around the eyes exactly and where the horns would be on the helmet is their little ears popping out that's pretty cute right right I get it I'm fully on board with this dwenny we talked to Christina from uh, Blue Peg Pink Peg and she has this creature that they're working on now called the Piranha Pig and there's a long story behind that it's really cool but. That sounds really interesting. I, I definitely want to hear. It. Yeah, the the combos are fun. I, I that's actually a big part of like our our design process mm-hmm. in general. General, we like we like finding things that combine well together to create. Maybe the things that you're combining together aren't unique or novel, but once combined, it does create something that's more unique and novel. That's very cool, actually. So since we've kind of been talking around what the game is, why don't you give us the quick elevator pitch style? Sure. Of what the game is. Um, so, so Quest and Cannons, it's a fantasy seafaring adventure. Uh, the players are adventurers set, sent from one of the three prominent kingdoms. So those are your delves, your mm-hmm. your porks, and your dwannies. Yep. Um, <laughs> to this newly discovered island region where they're competing to explore, explore the islands, gather resources, complete quests, upgrade their ships, and collect map clues as they battle other players in, in order to bring the most prosperity to their respective kingdoms. Okay. Um. So prosperity is just our, our word for victory points. Right. <laughs> Thank you for choosing a different word. We all appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> now, so what is your what do you think your core mechanic of the game is? What would you say that is? Yeah, so it's a resource management. We use um, action point allowance, mm-hmm. uh, okay. resource management. There's pickup deliver. So it's um, what we really wanted to the players to feel in this is that they have a lot of agency in how they go about exploring the game and how they really formulate their strategies in playing the game. Right. So now would you say that those, uh, if, if people choose different strategies in the game, will they overlap, butt heads cause conflict or can people completely like ignore each other throughout the game? So that's the interesting part. So you, you can, um, you, you could potentially ignore each other the whole game and do your own thing. And there's potentially, little player interaction um we don't typically find that the case typically someone is going to say oh hey uh you're going over here i'm gonna uh, at least they'll threaten the space okay um because it can't so the way we have our, our cannon our combat set up with cannons as you get more cannons you can really start doing heavy damage to people okay 
and we, and we do have a, a sinking mechanic um, and we moved away from player elimination. That's um, a smart move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we found that no one likes sitting out of a game for 30 minutes. <laughs> right. At least. Yeah. Yeah. At least. Right. Um, so we, we moved away from player elimination to um, to a respawn mechanic. And we, we found that has has worked really well. And surprisingly, we've we found that, you know, we, we figured figured out that. It, it still doesn't cause like a runaway winner mechanic, uh, like from happening. That's great. Cause it easily could, you know, you eliminate somebody and then you take what they have. And now all of a sudden you're right. a runaway and, and train it's just too know? big of a swing. So, mm-hmm. you know, you set someone back so far. I, I think what we found that like really balances that is that one, that the cannons to be uh, successful with the cannon strategy, mm-hmm. you, you have to invest a lot in that strategy. Gotcha. So that's taking away from, you know, going on quests or completing map clues or the, you know, the other victory paths. Okay. Um, and, and then, then also to continue. So if you continue to go on the offensive after say sinking someone, you have to continue to invest in resources. You have to buy more ammo. Um, and you bas- basically you have to, you know, expend your resources to continue um, attacking the other players. Okay, that's fair. I mean, you need to make it a little bit restrictive since you are kind of swinging the score from the other player to yourself. It's like a big jump. Have you found a strategy that's been kind of dominant? Like people win more often when they do this strategy? We've kept good record of all our playtests and we, we haven't seen any strategy that has any one victory path or a specific strategy. We've seen a lot of a lot of strategies take hold that are effective you know some people you know max out cargos and and are just very effective and efficient at completing multiple you know high reward mm-hmm. quests at the Good same logistics time. people yeah um some people you know opt to go for a speed strategy and zip around the board completing map clues map um, clues oh, what are map clues tell me yeah about so map clues. so map clues are so we, we have three different um victory paths and they okay. all go towards that same victory point prosperity um so we have we have quests which are uh, mostly pick up and deliver okay. um style yeah. where you're bringing resources to different locations mm-hmm. um then we have what i mentioned before cannons um sinking other players to gain prosperity right yep the blow um, stuff then, up strategy yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um and then then we have map clues which is the exploration um style so you're you're moving around the board traveling to the different islands and a, as you get map clues you can go to the different islands complete that map clue and then you draw another map clue which tells you to go to a different island so you're really it really has you going around the entire board so is this like picking up buried treasure or something that's hidden yeah so so the lore to the game is that these islands arose from the sea and -hmm. caused all sorts of magical disruption in the world okay there's a a legend in the world that there's this hidden treasure on these mist basically you know these mysterious islands Mm -hmm. um and there's a series of clues that lead to it. So that's, that's what the map clues represent is that you're exploring these islands, going from clue to clue, trying to find this legendary treasure that could restore balance to your homeland. It's like a little bit of a mystery element happening. Exactly. Okay, cool. Now replayability are, are people going to find that, Hey, I want to try something different next time. Are the map clues going to have enough change and difference each time for the, for the replayability factor of this game? So I think I think we've done um, not not to toot my own horn here. <laughs> toot your own horn, please. Feel free. Toot away. <laughs> I, I I think we I think we've actually done a really good job with re- replayability. So um, 
the, f- the first one, as far as player strategy goes, um, so we have nine different playable characters. Um, oh, great. Th- of three, three of each of our races, um, and each each one embodies, you know, the uh, a, qu- a questing captain, a map clue captain, and a cannon captain. They all have, you know, a racial ability and a captain ability, um, and then different starting and max ship stats. So right, right there, okay. there's a lot of replayability in, you know, which captains you choose and how you interact there. The board is, is is really cool. It's made up of 21 trihex train tiles, and they're interchangeable. So you can lay out the board in you know countless different ways. So that that changes the terrain of the board and the locations of the islands. Like maybe there's stormy sea in front oh, okay. of one outpost this time. Maybe it's you know more located around the center, so it's hard to go across the board. Yeah, the islands are in the center play area. So we have we have a fr- like a we have a fully illustrated frame around the board that has the the starting spaces for each faction. And then um, there's also the three outposts um, in between the the, um, the starting tiles of the frame, um, and those there's one space for each outpost that the players can visit as well. Awesome, and the and the center of the board is different every time you play. That's correct. So you can great. You can set up the board in um, a balanced setup. So we the way we set up our terrain tiles is that we have seven different. seven different types of train tiles repeated three different times so it Mm -hmm. allows for a balanced setup of the board with three-way symmetry wow okay so we can do two to six player free-for-all two versus two three versus three and two versus two versus two um so there's a cool there's a big variety of of play modes as well and then with the board layouts you can there's massive variety with how you can set up the board um, many different varieties of balanced symmetrical board layouts and then you can do alternate tile laying with um like a Car- carcassonne style tile laying where yep yeah so so each player would take turns drawing drawing a tile and placing it on the board and you can get some really interesting uh, map layouts that way as well that's great. So everybody has a hand in setting up the game at each time. Exactly. So, all right. So I've heard a lot of good stuff about this game. Very interesting. I saw the components myself. They look really good so far. Good luck producing them. I think you said you may have a lead on how, like, what the cost is going to be and stuff like that, as far as you know. Yep, that's right. Okay, okay. Um, so it looks like you're getting pretty close. Uh, where would you say you are now? And then where do you think you'll be in a couple months from now? As production is concerned, yeah. As, okay, so as far as production is concerned, development of the game, artwork, we're you know closing in. Development, I think we're pretty, pretty clean. The core systems are done. There's some fine tuning and polishing left. But development-wise, we're, we're pretty close to being wrapping that up. Um, right. artwork, um, is getting there as well. So what we're, we're hoping for is to have, you know, basically all the artwork done before we hit Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very helpful to have something to show in Kickstarter. We have a good amount of final artwork done already, Great. um, but we really want to have as much of it done as possible and basically just say backing us is just a way to get this game manufactured. Um, and you know, to start that off. That's fantastic. Now, if I check up on you in, let's say, two months, where do you think you're going to be? Um, two months, we're going to have you know, a lot more pre-production prototypes um, going out. We'll have more artwork done. Development of the game, um, as far as gameplay goes, is going to be just just about done, if not done. Hopefully locked in by that point, yeah. By then, we'll have a Kickstarter preview page up that people can you know directly follow. 
we're looking at right now tentatively we're looking at end of summer 2020 uh to launch on kickstarter awesome i don't want to speak too soon that was like the first time that i've, I've really you know it, now it's now it's out there <laughs> yep definitely out there now right can't take it back but no that's one of the reasons i'm doing this is to get people to stay on track i appreciate that now that's a lot of help yeah <laughs> i hope so and i hope people uh who are going to listen to this are getting excited about the game and and they're able to like hit you up on social media and, and keep you encouraged to keep it moving forward. We would love that. I mean, we want as much feedback as possible and we're we're mm-hmm. always looking for people to play test. We're up on on tabletop simulator. Oh, great. I actually just put out a 1v1 build on tabletop simulator with two different map variants. Um, so we're excited to get people to try that out. Um, and then there's you know, awesome. the, norm, the normal tabletop simulator build that has you know, a full map variant that people can try. That's great. If people out there want to find you, how can they find you on Tabletop Simulator? So the best way to work with us on Tabletop Simulator is to join our Discord server. People can find a link to our Discord server uh, from our website or various other social media. And that's, you know, shorthopgames.com or, you know, facebook.com slash shorthopgames, like at shorthopgames for Instagram, Twitter. That's where we're at for for all, all social media. Now people can find you. Um, and myself as well, because I'd love to like do a little play test when I get a chance. I'd love, love to do it with you. It's fantastic. It's, it's, it's good fun. I walked through the entire um, Unpub room over at uh, PAX Unplugged, and it caught my eye. It stood out among the rest of them. You're the only one I had time to stop for. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I appreciate hearing that. That means a lot to us. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been awesome. Anything else you want to say before we uh, disconnect here? Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Hey, no, thank you for coming on and I will hold you to it. I'm going to check up on you in a couple months. We'll do another interview like this and you'll tell me how it's going. Awesome. Please do. I'm excited. All right, everybody. This is Eric Geller from Short Hop Games. We're going to check up on him in a couple months. 